Okay, now we are in a field off a dirt road from uh, just pretty close to Meade, Colorado, close to I-25. Um, and what happened here is a plane crash, but it wasn't a typical plane crash. So in the 1950s, um, a plane crashed in the fields right here uh, where we are now. So here's what happened. The story goes back to uh, about 20 years to the birth of Jack Graham. Um, his father died when he was pretty young, and his mom put him in an orphanage. And then she got remarried, and after her third husband died, uh, she inherited quite a bit of money and used it to start a business. And uh, was quite successful. But she didn't. Uh, go ahead and retrieve her child from the orphanage. She just go went ahead and left him there. And uh, there was some some bitterness there for sure. Uh, understandable. Based on what I've seen of orphanages, you eat porridge, which is like oatmeal, I, as far as I can tell from the visuals. And uh, it looks like it sucks. And there's some fat asshole who works there, and you say, please, sir, can I have some more? And then... Uh, He's pissed off about it. Um, so anyway, uh, Daisy was the mom. And uh, eventually her and her son were sort of reunited, but everyone said it was a strained relationship. And uh, Daisy owned a restaurant in Denver, which uh, burned down in a sort of uh, mysterious gas fire. Um and, you know, Jack had a bunch of insurance out on the restaurant, and so he, he made some money off of that. And, uh, well, you can probably see where this is going. That, uh, you know, escalating from a restaurant fire to a plane crash is uh, a lot. But it, uh, it's what happened. Um, basically, Jack packed a quote-unquote present for his mom, um, that's what he told his wife it was. It was a present for her. He said it was a tool set. Um, and she was getting on a plane to headed to Alaska. Um, so he packed the tool set in her bag. And then he dropped her bag off at the baggage check. And had to pay like a $27 fee because, uh, you know, her bag was overweight. And he was like, he forked over the money. Didn't complain. Left. Um, turns out he had put 25 sticks of dynamite in her bag and set a timer on it for 90 minutes and that shit blew up. Um, so it exploded in the air over this farmland. Um, there was, there were some interviews with farmers. One rem said that they remembered seeing bodies, uh, dead people still strapped into their seats. Nobody survived. There were I think 45 people died. Um, police, fire, and ambulance were dispatched, but then the police got here first, and they were like, uh, you can go ahead and cancel the ambulance, because that will not be necessary. Um, one body fell into a pile of straw, and a farmer out here had to you know, fork through the entire straw pile in order to find this body they knew was there. 
So you can imagine that was probably a lot of fun. Just like going through this straw pile, waiting to feel the feeling. I remember reading this story about people who do avalanche rescue. And they were like, you know, you use this long pole to feel down to try and poke the person. And they were like, uh, you wonder if, if you felt it or not until you have felt a body on the end of the pole. And then you're like, okay, that is definitely a body. Um, so what, when, one interesting part of this story is that uh, Jack had bought life insurance for his mom. But what's interesting about it to me is apparently back in the day, they had vending machines for life insurance at the airport. And I, I've got a picture of one. I'll hope to, I hope I include it with this episode. Um, basically, for like a quarter, you put it in the machine. It vends you a life insurance policy, and then you could put it in an envelope and send it to somebody. Um, so I guess it, it sure makes you wonder like how safe flying was back in the day. Um, or how safe it is today. I mean, now it seems like they would never do that, but I feel like the airlines would fucking pitch a fit, which I can't blame them if someone tried to, like, I want to put a life insurance thing here. Um, so anyway, Jack eventually confessed to the entire thing. Um, all the all the pieces of the plane were recovered, you know. I don't, I don't know exactly the ins and outs of how they busted him. That's not so Potawin. That's like, that's true crime territory. But I think they put it together, and then also I'm thinking this is one of those ones where they're like, well, they looked at the passenger list and then interviewed some family, and the family was like, um, you know, her restaurant burned down in a weird coincidence right before, so maybe this is a good guy to look at. Um, so anyway, he confessed and he was executed in 1957, I think just two years later. So that was a, a pretty quick turnaround. Um, supposedly the farmer said they would still, for years, they would find traces of, you know, the, the crash. I mean, shortly after the explosion, they found a cow just kind of keeled over and they realized it had a huge piece of metal embedded in it. But, you know, over the years they would find like, uh... There were patches in the alfalfa that didn't grow back where bodies had fallen, I guess, compressed the ground. I don't know if they're saying it's a spooky thing or it's like, well, that's what happens when that happens. Um, but they would find, like, pens and eyeglasses and shit like that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought the flight insurance thing was the weirdest part, to be honest, because I was like, can you imagine that? go into the airport today and they let you buy flight insurance like that just on the spot. But also it's like, man, the insurance industry really, really hasn't done a great job of not seeming like a huge scam. Back in the day, it was even lazier though. Cause it was like, uh, can you just take out, uh, okay. So you can just pack, pack your mom's bag for her. Take it to the baggage check for her. Um, you know, and I always think it's dumb because it's like, did you pack your own bag? And I'm always like, do I look rich to you? Do you? Do I look like the kind of person who can be like, yes, Joffrey, please, please pack my bag as is your custom. But also I'm like, well, if Joffrey packed your bag, would you, wouldn't you just say like, oh, yeah, I packed it? I mean, if you have like a butler, would you admit to not packing your own bag? But then um, 
it's like, okay, so you don't have to pack your own bag. You don't have to take out your own insurance on yourself. Um, none of that seems suspicious. <laughs> none of that seems right for, you know, somebody, somebody doing something like this. Um, oh, there was, there was a good quote by the guy too. Um, they asked him in the course of this, like, well, didn't you feel bad about killing a bunch of people besides just your mom? Like, I guess you killed your mom and that's one thing, but like, what the fuck? And he said, quote, the number of people to be killed made no difference to me. It could have been a thousand. When their time comes, there's nothing they can do about it. Which I was like, that is fucked up. Right? I mean, holy shit. Holy shit. Uh, it's a lot. It's just a lot. But uh, anyway, so there you go. Dead body parts in the field. Uh, ruthless killer. All these things. That's that's some fucking pot of ween right there. I don't know if you've waited this long for a real pot of ween, but uh, that's, this sure does have a lot of the elements, doesn't it? All right. We'll see you next time. Oh,